Today's episode of No Dunks is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Some of these people, you'd think they'd never played Survivor before. They're dying in this raid, but this is nothing. I went through a cyclone. We're having fun now. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to No Buffs, the only Survivor podcast that would like a glass of rum. It's Thursday, April 2nd, and we're recapping the 8th episode of Survivor Winners at War, so spoilers full steam ahead. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us here by the fire, it's Tass Mellis. Has it been eight episodes already? They have flown by. Oh, yeah, I haven't watched eight. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Thanks for joining us on this brand new episode of No Buffs. Um, we're going to tackle this episode in chronological order, guys. I thought that would be the easiest way. But the key takeaways, Tyson is back into the game and Wendell's torch is snuffed, at least for now. Lee, how are you holding up that your guy Wendell is uh, on his way to Edge of Extinction? You know, the first two weeks I thought he was toast throughout the episodes and I thought last night he was safe and I thought he was safe uh, <laughs> right, right up until the end when Adam led. And then all of a sudden it was a, a landslide loss there for Wendell. Um, very, very surprised by that. But, uh, but you know, the, the, the thing about, like, I'm really enjoying Survivor. I will say that I'm really enjoying it. But this edge of extinction, extinction is actually annoying me a little bit because no one's really out. You sort of, you can hang on a little bit. So Now you're a real Survivor a- fan, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will. Uh, we'll break all that down, Lee, but you're, you're not wrong. There's a lot of people out there uh, in the Survivor world that do not like the edge of extinction for yeah. sort of what you're saying. It's like you're never really out and we saw Tyson come yeah. back and we know that someone else is going to come back. So yeah, we'll unpack yes. all this, but... Uh, Let's start with our opening scene. It was day 19, and we start on the edge of extinction. We see all of them out there. They get their scroll. Uh, They're all looking at their thing, this parchment, that allows them to use the fire tokens. And we have Natalie and Boston Rob. Now, Boston Rob helped out uh, from his wife giving him one. Um, They buy one advantage, and then the idol, which costs three fire tokens. JD... I know, like, we know Tyson wins, so, you know, hindsight 2020, but, like, did this surprise you at all that no one appeared to put more of the fire tokens into more advantages within the challenge to get back into the game? And instead, Natalie and Rob are thinking, okay, I'll take a small advantage, but then I'm going to put all, you know, these tokens into this idol if I get back in. Were you shocked by how that, that decision from both of them? Not really, to be honest, and I probably would have done the same thing. If you're really? if you're sitting in a vacuum on extinction, especially those two, um, you're playing you're playing the long game, and I'm going to assume that I have the biggest target on my back going it back into the game. So you want to have that idol if you have four 
uh, four fire tokens to burn. I mean, you could get... But the idol does you no good if you are not in the game. That's I mean, right. you got to win the challenge. I but mean, it almost paid off for of Rob. I mean, look at look at how close Rob came to winning that challenge. And then yeah. he would have gone into the game with an idol. I mean, that would have been huge. But Okay, I, okay for Boston, Rob, yes, I could see that argument. Uh, and he's playing the long game. Natalie, though, your pick to win this whole thing, yeah. I think she maybe overthought that a little bit. I think she should have really leaned into taking the three advantages within that challenge to help her chances personally. I, that is fair, knowing that how tight she is with Jeremy going into the game. So that's an automatic alliance yeah. go, going back into the merge. So, so yeah, you're right when it comes to Natalie, but I think Rob made the right, the right choice. Trey, what do you think about their decision? Uh, I see the argument for wanting to have the idol when you get back, considering on the last Edge of Extinction, uh, a guy came back with just a few days left and, for whatever reason, didn't get voted out right away. So I'm sure all these returning winners are thinking, whoever comes back is going right away. But as we saw, when Tyson actually did get back, his name didn't even come up on the episode. He was completely out of the mix, just kind of skirting by because... I think that, they, that now the players are probably also thinking, no way we let somebody from Edge of Extinction win. We'll get him another time. Rob is different since he's such a legend in the game. He's going to be the biggest target no matter when he comes into the game or where he's at in the game. So I can see him wanting it, but Natalie I thought was a little silly. Use the, use the tokens to get back in the game. A bird in the hand is worth more than the bush, right, Lee? More than two in the bush. That's what it is. <laughs> That's uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush is the saying, but close enough is good enough, you know? Look, I'm just a jolly swag man over here. I can't keep all of my sayings straight, but I do know that if you want to win Survivor, having an idol is pointless if you're not actually in the game. Yeah, mm. yeah. I do think really Natalie should have put those fire tokens into the challenge because I think if she gets back into the game, like you said, Trey, with what we saw with Tyson, I don't think she's seen as an immediate threat and I think she uh, very easily just sort of slips back into the game having some alliances but anyway um, as we go to the merge and then that return challenge I just wanted to point out and I know we're going to talk about the music later in the show we get some sweet guitar licks here (laughs) I thought Kevin O'Connor was uh, doing the soundtrack um, (laughs) on that scene but we get a shot of uh, we get a shot of all of them sort of getting ready you know for the big challenge the return challenge we get a shot of Parvati doing yoga, and uh, I love that that clip. I love that shot. I feel like we've gotten so many butt shots of Parvati in this season in the in the mere three episodes we've watched. Does she have this? Like, is there a contract she's signed where I like, hey, I at least get one butt shot uh, per episode because they they pepper them in here anyway. Um, and she's uh, wearing uh, sexier underwear as well. It's it's not just a, it's not just a regular pair of bottoms. It's uh, it's cut. For a little bit of showing as well, so there's it's definitely a, a director's cut making this happen. Last week when she went to the Edge of Extinction, she had on uh, a shawl type thing. She was keeping warm, and then when they had to go get the uh, the tokens or whatever, all of a sudden it was a butt shot of her in her underwear. She had, <laughs> she had disrobed really quickly, and she's the only one wearing a, a, a special type of underwear. Although I you know I did enjoy her yoga shot. She's my favorite now on the Edge of Extinction, which is. <laughs> which is uh, a dichotomy for me because Edge of Extinction doesn't exist for me either. (laughs) Yeah, Trey, you're sort of our yoga guru here uh, on the podcast. What what was she doing, first off, that you can you remember? And and how did you think her, uh, you know, her her, uh, technique was? Uh, From what I can tell, she was doing a lunge. 
It appeared okay. she was lunging forward. <laughs> the old yoga know, technique yeah, of a lunge. Yeah, yeah, it appeared her front knee was over her front ankle. So I'm just saying, if yoga with Parvati starts, see you later, Adrian. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, good to know. No offense, no offense. It was, it was a warrior, right? She 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 threw up her ha- her hands. Oh, so were her hands up? Yeah, perhaps yeah, so. Yeah. We've seen a lot of yoga on Survivor over yeah. the years. There has been a lot of shots of people doing yoga. I think there was one episode, uh, one season where they're like, I forget which season it was and who was leading it, but they had like yoga classes. Do you remember that, JD? They're yeah, like was it was it, it not uh, Eris or his brother? Oh what, yeah, uh, maybe Vetus. Yeah, I like. I feel like Coach was doing yoga once upon mm, a time too. For anyway. sure. Um, okay, so we get to. The announcement probe says, all right, you've hit the merge. Um, drop your buffs. You know, here's your new buffs. Are these buffs black or brown? I couldn't tell. <laughs> wow, great brown, question. I think. I thought they were black with like gold chains, like a, I don't know, like a Versace kind of buff. But <laughs> right. then once they sat down at Tribal Council, they, they looked like chocolate brown for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Lee, what do you think? You think brown? Well, yeah, this is like that uh, thing that went around the internet a few years ago with that dress. Was it uh, <laughs> blue or gold or whatever it was? Yeah, um, yeah. To be perfectly honest, I just wasn't really paying that close attention to the detail <laughs> there. Uh, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. You know, a couple of those things do slip me by. But um, I really do. I think you guys said that Wendell left a couple of buffs in the uh, No Dunks office. I am dying to go and get one to put it on during each episode. Like, <laughs> it's like putting on your jersey when you're watching your team play. You yeah. know? I, just, I, just, I just really want to get into it. And, um, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm watching it on TV. You know, I don't have cable, so there's no rewinds. I've got to watch it live. Right, and I'm telling you, when my kids start asking, I'm just like the sh- I've got the shortest, quickest fuse when I'm trying to watch this. With my <laughs> oh, you are a true survivor. I know, I know. I've got I, because I am enjoying it. it. It's been so much fun, but I'm just like, oh, I'm not the best dad during this moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but so. my uh, my seven year old is actually starting to take some interest in it as well. So JD, oh. maybe uh, mm. maybe the Buff Bros, uh, you know, maybe there is a, a future episode or a future show there. Yeah, we Which might have an know. entire second generation. Isla woke up. <laughs> Last night, about 10 minutes into the episode, I'm like, come upstairs and watch Survivor immediately. And she was like, had her mind blown. It's like, uh, you know, it's a treat in and of itself to be up late with your parents when you're a kid. And to have Survivor on, she was like, are there more challenges? Yes, there was another challenge. But yes. wow, she hated when they were talking. She's like, this yeah. part is boring. I'm like, this is the exciting part for me and mommy. Yeah, yeah they only want the challenges. You know? That's so, right. Well, well, she would have been happy. Yeah, this was the big challenge. Um, before we get into it, we get that scene where uh, Tyson getting very emotional. Um, and he has the great, great quote where he's talking about giving up the pursuit of a cash prize for your family is maybe even more paramount than sticking it out for a cash prize. Mm -hmm. Talking about that dilemma on Edge of Extinction of like, what am I doing here? You know, like, should I just go home and be with my family? Or do I try and get back in this game and win money to obviously support my family? And while he made the right decision, uh, not, you know, uh, raising the white flag there like Sandra did, he gets back in this game. So five of them, by the way, they, they used their one token at least on that advantage of not having to dig. And that was the right call for all those five, it sure looked like, because we had what? I guess it was Parvati, um, Yule, and there was someone else digging. Was it Amber, I guess? Amber. Yeah, Amber. yeah. I mean, those things were buried oh, deep. So deep. Yeah, they looked like they were a couple of feet down trying to find those things, so it was quite the advantage. Shout out to Yule for, for being still in it because it seemed like yeah. he got his pretty quick. But, uh, yeah, Parvati and uh, Amber were struggling. 
You yeah, know it's a those... tough break for Yule because he got voted off the, lo- the last episode. So, ergo, he had to bequeath the tokens, mm-hmm. which meant he didn't have a token to buy that advantage. And if he would have had a token to buy that advantage, he's right in the mix. It's kind of weird. Uh, they made this yes. point on Rob Has a Podcast that if you went out early in the game, like uh, like Natalie did, first one, or Amber, first one from the other tribe, was able to give her tokens to Rob, you have a massive advantage despite the fact that you've been out there longer. Just because yeah. you're able to accumulate these tokens, get these advantages. Yeah, th- I 100% agree with the point they were making. Uh, and I think I saw Dalton Ross write about it as well. It's, it's, it's like backwards in a way. I mean, I understand it because you need to give them something to do out there when they're on Edge of Extinction. But you're right. Like, Yule lasts longer, but is at a disadvantage because he's not on Edge to possibly win more fire tokens. Thus, is, you know, playing from behind in a challenge. That... That's a problem, and I know that we're probably getting rid of Edge all you know all together, so it won't matter moving forward. But that wasn't really fair. Do you agree with that, JD? I mean, I would argue I do agree with it, but I I could also argue that if you're out of the game, you're out of the game, so you are not privy to any of the alliances or any of the the I the guess. backroom yeah. playmaking. I mean, it used to be. If you got a reward challenge and you were swept away to a yacht for a barbecue lunch, that was a huge disadvantage in the actual game because yeah. you weren't on the beach uh, bonding with people, strategizing with people. So if you're literally gone for, I mean, uh, Natalie in particular was out of the game for uh, 20, 19 days, I guess. She got voted out on day two and we're on day 21 now. Yeah. So she, uh, oh, the only information she has is coming from the people who get voted out. So th- that to me is a disadvantage, but for this particular season, it seems to be, as you say, an advantage, not only because she can collect all the fire tokens she wants, and she comes into Tyson came into the into the game with, as Sophie said, no real history, no real baggage with him. So he's not really a target. Yeah, and I just when you compare Edge of Extinction to Redemption Island, you know, Redemption Island also allowed a player to get back into the game, but it made more sense because if you went out earlier, um, Francesca, I guess, was the first one out in that season. You had to like literally like run the gauntlet of beating the other people where that were then voted out. Like it was like a head-to-head challenge to get back in, so it was more difficult. You had to win five, six, whatever it was to get back in. Um, where the later you went out, then you had less challenges, like because you would only be taking on one or two to maybe get back in. Like that made more sense. I just, it's not really fair to these people that were voted out later on to then, because they had no chance to find tokens, um, you know, within this challenge. But anyway, Tyson wins this. uh, Tass, what did you think of the actual challenge, like the obstacle course and the whole building the key, get the key and all that, and then that weird, like, S thing at the end where you had to drop the ball? What did you think of the challenge overall? Well, thank you for the question, Skeets, because I have a question for you guys. Has Boston Boston Rob ever turned his hat backwards? (laughs) Yes, Uh, yes, he has. Oh, well, he he should have done it in this challenge as well. Because during that part where you where you sort of use that fishing rod type thing to grab the hook, yeah, and your face is smushed up against the wall type thing, mm. yeah, his cage. his his beak of his hat was I mean down in his eyes. That would be uh. the perfect time, Boston Rob, to 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 be a Johnny Damon and turn your hat backwards and and go after that thing. 
that's why he lost the challenge. No, honestly, that was a, it was a fun challenge to watch. Yeah. It, it's, and I'm a sucker for the overhead shots as they uh, get prepared for it on the beach to, seeing the entire landscape in that little cove they have there uh, built in. Do they cut down the trees? Do you guys, do you guys think? Or, <laughs> Not I, sure. Um, anyways, it was, it was a, it was a blast. And I, I like how they use the, the, the end there where they're trying to put the ball into the little hole. I know they use a lot of that. Their, their set builders build a lot of those, you know, strategic, like uh, you've got to have the finesse and the touch. It's, yeah. it is a good watch uh, seeing them trying go up that snake and and jeff probes was amped to always always fun it was a blast it was a good one yeah it, it was, was close uh, too oh what an ending there i mean to get so close because that that to me you know Tass, <laughs> you, you say it was a fun challenge there but i actually found it quite stressful because it was so difficult and and seeing a couple of them you know get make some progress and then the ball would pop out there because they had to be so precise the whole time there um so for it to come down to that photo finish as it was and for tyson to win like, oh man, to lose that, to get that close and not win that challenge must be just devastating. You know, it must be like losing on the buzzer to a buzzer beater because, uh, <laughs> you know, it was just so hard to con- keep that ball controlled. I mean, uh, these challenges are incredible. You know what, what I will say, what I've noticed, I think, um, there really doesn't seem to be a physical advantage like that men carry over women in this. It's more about strategy and patience, I think. Is that, is that, uh, is that accurate, do you think, to say? Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, I think that's fair in a yeah. lot of the challenges over the last couple of seasons. There used to be challenges. There have been challenges in the past. Like there's, there used to be one that it was just like, who could legit just carry the most weight, right? Um, so and something sure. like that would I would say naturally just sort of favors men. You know, I mean, you, yeah. You but then assume. there are a lot of other challenges. Um, generally, it didn't happen last night, and we'll get to that one where they're hanging on the pole. Something like that can yeah. favor women because yeah. sometimes the smaller feet that you can wedge in there, you're just lighter, but you're still yeah. strong. So yeah, but no, I, I would agree overall. They try, I think, to find challenges. Um, yeah that there isn't any real advantage for being a man or a woman, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. As part of the, as part of the sort of the, uh, the essence of the challenges to have something at the end where they are sort of close because in the first, like the first four parts of that challenge really didn't matter in the end. They were all, they were all up there, all had the opportunity to win, to put that ball in the hole. The digging really didn't come into play. Everything didn't really come into play because at the end, it, t- it took so long. Uh, they had eight contestants there. So I, I imagine yeah. that's part of the director's idea. Like, okay, yeah, we can fill some time here with uh, a little untying of some rope things and running across this net thing and digging yeah. something and putting your face on the cage thing. But in the end, let's have eight contestants there with the opportunity to win to create the most drama. Still, it, it had me. And, and we'll get to the, the, uh, the poll challenge later. Also riveting television. Oh yeah, I love I love those. Great week for polls. Great. (laughs) It was. Yeah, no, I think you're right, Tass. Though they always want to have like an equalizer at the end to just try and make it closer, right? Um, So it's not just like, hey, who can just run an obstacle course the fastest? I don't think that's going to be as exciting because you're going to naturally have people that are just quicker and more athletic. But yeah, to have a puzzle at the end, to have one of these weird snake things at the end where you got to try and drop the ball, 100% agree with that. I think that's the plan. How about Tyson making some, some damn aggressive moves on that snake? There was a couple where he just like, like, I don't even know how the thing stayed on. And I wonder, like, because it's all about like that little touch, no doubt. But maybe you almost sort of have to do that in moving it from side to side. Like sort of, you just got to be bold with your decision there to try and move that thing. But he, uh, he ekes out Rob and 
He lets out a primal scream. I screamed. I don't know about you guys. I was pretty pumped. Oh, yeah. I, I wanted Tyson more than I wanted Boston Rob to come back. I'll be honest. I mean, I, w- I was either way for me. I would have been happy. But I wanted Natalie to win, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> you know. It was the, uh, so was it the power of peanut butter in the end? I think that, it was. Uh, that pushed Tyson <laughs> over the line? I wish they so? would have showed another scene of him, like, eating the peanut butter <laughs> as they were going to this. Because, I don't know, I mean, he ate it the one time and talked about how he was hilarious and sneaky and how it was going to give him advantage, but we haven't seen that jar at all. Is that jar just sitting out there? Boston Rob could stumble upon it at the edge of extinction? <laughs> no way. Hey, who left some peanut butter here? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. Is he, can he, if there's any left, can he bring it into the game? And is it yeah. still in his bag? And will it factor in moving forward? Oh my God. Yeah, those are great questions. Yeah, it would have been funny. Like, we get a shot of, uh, you know, Parvati doing yoga. Maybe we get a shot of Yule doing some meditation, <laughs> Ethan doing some meditation. And then there's just a shot of Tyson scooping a bunch of peanut butter into his mouth. But uh, yeah, so Tyson wins that. And Probst does tell all the um, remaining Edge of Extinction players that they will get one more chance to come back in the game um, and that they're, they're on the jury. They'll be attending tribal councils. Um, to see how those shake out, so they're sort of they're 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 on the jury. They're ultimately going to decide, right, who um, who does win this game, and one of them will get a chance to get back in. We go to the merge, the feast. Um, we have a menu shot. Now, I I, I took us like I, I paused it and wrote it down. This is the new menu, and Tony points out, man, prices have gone up. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> You have a couple things. There's like food category, there's like comfort category, and then there is strategic category. And these are the the things on that list. You can steal someone's spot on a reward. That's three tokens. You can send a personal note to any player on the edge Mm. for two tokens. That is a fascinating one. I bet Uh, Tyson uses that one. He's going to write to somebody, hey... Bring my peanut butter. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you when you win your way back in, bring the peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, Trey, your favorite probably. There was a small bag of beans. Four tokens though. Yeah, Ooh. that would have been tough for me. I would have seen that on the menu and been like, ah, guys, I got four tokens. I got to take this. It's for the joke. What can I say? <laughs> uh, bag of rice, five tokens. Tass, that's uh, that was one of your selections in our quarantine draft. There was no quinoa, unfortunately. That probably is like a hundred tokens. Um, Two pillows, two blankets, four tokens, so if you want some comfort. And then a tarp, five tokens, uh, which really uh, was interesting in this episode because we get a lot of rain. And uh, even Tyson, I think, cracks at one point like, uh, hey, does anybody want to put together some tokens here? Maybe get a tarp? And Wendell's like, yeah, maybe the rich people will do it. And it says at the bottom the last time you can spend fire tokens is on the sundown of day 34. Who knows if that comes into play. But uh, during this merge, I think the most interesting part... um, is we get the story of Denise slaying Queen Sandra. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so she tells the story of what how it went down and how she took out Sandra. And uh, then there's, of course, some confessions like, damn, Denise <laughs> taking down Sandra in, in that way. Do you think, JD, like this, you know, I mean, look, she had to share the story. I, I mean, everybody sort of knows the story from her tribe, at least. Uh, could this do Denise in here, like this building of a resume, I think, as Sophie calls it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she was probably going to go if she didn't win immunity, in my opinion. And you think so? Yeah. Wow. I mean, a resume is the scariest thing on on Survivor. And, uh, you know, I mean, they were probably sitting there for hours and everybody was sharing stories. But obviously yeah. that story is going to 
stick out. And she, she, you know, Denise played it cool. She told the truth, but she, she downplayed. She seemed to downplay it a bit, like she was humble about it. But uh, yeah, no, that's an automatic target on your back. Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, they nicknamed her the Queen Slayer, which was kind of awesome. It's very funny to see uh, the way that like the outside world influences the game because I mean, we all except for Lee, watched Game of Thrones. So the Kingslayer is out and about. So of course we know that there is a, a there could be a Queenslayer. I thought that was hilarious. I also loved the way that uh, the feast, the merge feast was filmed. 12 people sitting on the same <laughs> yeah. side of the table. It was like the Last yeah. Supper. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Sophie is playing an incredible game and I thought it was certainly interesting to hear her say, she's the only one out here that has a resume. So yeah. no doubt Denise's threat level is rising. I'm glad you uh, picked up on that Last Supper sort of shot, too. They even, like, the cups they gave them were, like, chalices and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. And, uh, yeah, as they're cheersing, it, totally, I think they were going for that. I was actually shocked no one, like, gave a confessional sort of about that, uh, being that this, this is a Winners at War season. But anyway, uh, then we get Wendell and Jeremy. So they bro down, and they're talking about numbers. They do discuss how strong a player's Sophie and Denise are. They bring mm-hmm. that up. And then we get... Tyson and Ben discuss there. I think they're at the water well in this scene. Um, this idea of like getting all the big targets together. Uh, let's call them the four horsemen right now. Tyson, Jeremy, Tony, and Ben. And the idea like, hey, we're the big targets. Um, and that all these other people, they're like sleepers and low profile, I guess they call them. Let's stick together and pick off one of them. Uh, my question for else, uh, with you, JD, do you think Ben deserves to be in the big target category <laughs> or has he done a slick move of just inserting himself? Because I don't think many people think Ben's that big a target. Yeah, no. I mean, it's sort of telling that they obviously haven't watched the season yet. You know, like Tony's saying, oh, these all these these low profile characters, Michelle and Wendell and uh, was it Wendell or Sophie and Denise? They're, I mean, they're very high profile on the edit, you know, so, yeah, you know, yeah. we have it. There's a year between then and now. But uh, but yeah, Ben is uh, no, no, not at all. I'm like 100 percent convinced now more than ever that a woman is going to win this season, though. And I think this is purposely put in here. Um, this idea of like, oh, we're the big, strong guys. And we're the big targets. And they are. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, these are obviously, some of these are legendary players outside of Ben, in my opinion, with these four. But, like, it's these, it's Sophie who's been dominating this game. Even last night is dominating. Denise has been incredible. You know, Kim somehow uh, lying low. I just really, really believe now a woman is ultimately going to win this thing. Uh, And stuff like this has slipped in here to, as either a misdirect or to come back to at the end of one of the women saying, yeah, I was the real player here. And, uh, and that's the beauty of it. You, you're big and strong and you, you're telling everyone you're a target, but I'm the real, I'm the one that's, uh, running the show. Is there, do you think there's any merit to that? Or do you guys could still see a man winning this game? I guess. No, I'm with you. I, the Sophie and Denise in particular, but Sarah too. I mean, she's, she's a real strategic player yeah, and she yep. is not afraid of the big moves. And this is sort of, I mean, Denise, the queen slayer, obviously, but uh, reluctant in the past, and Sophie, I can't really remember her season all that well. Uh, but now is the time post merge is where you make the big moves and you build that resume, and we'll see. I mean, and they are so calm, cool, collected, and uh, and ruthless. So 
I'm hoping to see some big moves from them, and I agree with you. Like, uh, I think it's going to be a woman. So yeah. what are you saying? You're saying that they're painting the picture, that the, the editors and directors are painting the picture that they're these big four horsemen, but later on uh, they're just throwing us off, essentially? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess a little bit. Um, I just think they're they're maybe driving the point home that like the the guys talk a big game, and yeah, their strategy is we got to stick together, and that's fine. But it's uh, it's the the women are like Littlefinger, right? Like they're actually the ones pulling all the strings. They're mm-hmm. not the big you know valiant uh, knight or whatever. It's like we're the one working everything here, and uh, that will ultimately pay off. I could be wrong. I mean, who knows? But uh, I think. I, I really believe, I mean, my, Kim was my pick to win this thing, but I think there's a lot of women, and I'm glad you threw Sarah in the mix there, that uh, that right now, if I step back and go, who's playing the best game? I mean, I've got like three or four women above a mm. lot of the men, like personally. Um, so Also, so, don't so forget we'll that see. Denise won immunity as well. Well, that's well. Yeah, let's talk about even just all the power, just to remind everyone, Sarah has a steal a vote, Sophie has an immunity idol, Kim has an immunity idol. I mean, so three yeah. women there with power. Jeremy does have the safety with no power, so he's the only male right now um, to have sort of a weapon at his disposal. But yeah, um, I, I, Trey, do you think because it was something uh, that JD was talking about there, like the idea, like usually you hit a merge and it's pandemonium, and it's like, oh my god, you know, the lines being drawn in the sand, and, and we talk about this a little bit at Tribal Council in last night's episode. But like, did this feel like a bit of a mediocre merge episode to you? Because it did to me a little bit. It was, it wasn't that chaotic, and I don't know if that's just because these are really experienced players and they're just waiting their time. What did, what was your take on that? Yeah, I thought it was kind of strange because when it all shook out at the end, it was a blowout vote for Wendell. Like yeah. he wasn't even yeah. close, nine to three, and we barely saw any Wendell at all in this episode, and that's why, to me, the Sophie conglomerate operating as Littlefinger is exactly right because there's like one line in this entire episode where Sophie's like maybe we could get out Wendell and suddenly that route took hold because once we got to the merge all the talk was about threats or sleepers but there's another group in there there's the middle ground and it's that group of four women who are really making the decisions right now and that's why they're in the power seat despite not seeming like they're in the power seat however because there's so much going on, including in the Edge of Extinction Challenge, I think we just we didn't get the full strategy talk that we normally would because most of the strategy, strategy seemed to be about trying to get out Nick or Adam, hmm. which I thought was yeah. kind of strange uh, considering how the episode played out. Yeah, very, very strange. Okay, so the uh, I guess the fourth scene I'm calling it, uh, whatever, it is the, it's the rain hitting them hard on day 21, uh, cold and wet day there in Fiji. And we get the immunity challenge. We get the poll. The classic survivor challenge of, hey, there's a poll. Hold on to it as long as you can. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> like, th- this was crazy heading into that challenge because you had Sophie, like, her body was convulsing. She was straight up shaking. They all looked, you know, miserably cold. She and was crying. God, that, there is no doubt. I mean, I was talking to Nora about it watching the episode. Like, to me, by far would be the worst part of Survivor. I could... I think I could deal with, of course, you know, obviously the the pandemonium of strategy and backstabbing and lying and all that. I think I'd love that part. And even the little food, I think I'd be all right and just trying to survive, you know, with fire and stuff like that. This part, the cold, Mm -hmm. the wet, mainly the wet, I think 
I don't know how you just wouldn't want to quit. That would be a, you'd just be at your lowest point because you can't. You're just stuck in a shelter and you're and it's not even doing anything. You're just freezing cold. Does everybody, Lee? How would you fare with the the cold and wet weather? Yeah, I mean that's obviously the first time I've seen it on the island because otherwise it, the weather looks perfect. Yeah, and beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know when that tropical storm comes through, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that they're not given some sort of shelter because um, you know it, it it could be a little bit dangerous. You know with uh, you know leaves and trees falling down and stuff. Maybe I don't know. That's why. Well, else you... it's funny you say that, Lee, because no. there's a scene in this where Adam says it's just like this is just rain. It's just cold. I lived through a cyclone and he was on a season where they actually evacuated the entire island wow. like the contestants did because there was a severe cyclone. Wow. Um, That's yeah, crazy. That was, yeah, so I don't know where he gets off by saying he lived through a cyclone. <laughs> he was evacuated. Well, they probably yeah. spent the time on Ponderosa, got a little break from the game, and then got yeah. put back into it. So. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I don't think uh, any of those trees are falling, Lee, though. Those are real strong trees, unlike those skinny <laughs> trees we have in Georgia that just fall down. Yeah, but hey, listen, those tropical, that, that, that's right in a real tropical area there in Fiji. I mean, those storms could come through, and only oh, yeah. takes half an hour to really uh, knock you around. Just one other the question about protection are they um forbidden from wearing sunglasses <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah great they question. Are. people great. usually ask about sunscreen the glasses <laughs> well, that's, the uh, curveball that's the other question I was going to ask. I mean, they must be wearing sunscreen. They because are. Otherwise, they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. They're given sunscreen. Sunburned. I don't yeah. think they're given sunglasses. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah. No, they want to see their eyes. If yeah. I mean, on, even on Probst show. doesn't wear sunglasses. So maybe it's like, you know, it's one of those things. But <laughs> Ooh, uh, yeah. I just thought about it last night because a couple of guys wear hats. So that's okay, I guess. But uh, yeah. sunglasses are, 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 are a no-no, maybe. Oh, my God. That's funny you said that. In, what, in that scene where it's pouring rain and they're all just shaking and miserable, uh, I was like, damn. Smart move by Ben to have a big old cowboy hat. Like when it's pouring rain, like that's what you would want, right? I mean, it's not at least going in your sort of, it's like almost like an umbrella for your head, yeah. like a tiny umbrella. Yeah, especially when you you, you see that shot of uh, Jeremy with literally a, a bag on his head, like a satchel just yeah. flat on yeah. his head. Yeah, well, where the heck did he get a satchel? They all have They them. all have a bag. Oh, they all have satchels. Yeah, they all have a blue satchel. <laughs> no sunglasses, no backpacks. Hmm. That's the rule? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, tough life. You got a satchel? I thought these guys were rough in it. <laughs> uh, Tass, who would win uh, between the No Dunks crew of the hold on to a pole as long as you can? If you, if you were uh, making odds here, who's got the best chance? Trey. He's got the tiniest feet. He could wet them into those, <laughs> those little cracks. Trey, Trey wouldn't even have to hold on <laughs> with his hands. But that means that means he wouldn't be able to uh, adopt. <laughs> Trey wouldn't. <laughs> Trey wouldn't be able to adopt Denise's strategy though of kind of like locking her feet over each other because yeah, uh, that's they wouldn't true. be big enough to, to, to link in. <laughs> oh yeah. man! Yeah. I mean, we, we all be, a couple of us definitely have smaller feet than Trey, but. Um, <laughs> the joke is just too good to pass up. Uh, yeah. I love Denise's strategy. The, the lockup seemed like the way to go. Do you think you guys, you're, 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 you survivor historians, do you think that they basically take turns, the best ones take turns between arms and legs? Like Ooh. they give their arms a rest, like Denise, Denise full lotus position almost as much as she could, <laughs> putting all the pressure on the legs, then the arms, is, is that the best strategy? It's a great question. I, I will. That's I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I feel like that's sort of what I would do because, yeah, that idea of like trying to switch back and forth of the pain between your legs and your arms. I will say 
I think the number one strategy with a challenge like this, any sort of thing where you got to just stay up there for as long as you can, and I, maybe I speak to this just from an experience of just running marathons in a weird way, is like find your position and whatever you can do, lock that that first position in for as long as possible. Yeah. Don't break it. Because what, like a marathon, when you stop running, well, you are screwed. You're just like, as long as you just keep moving for whatever reason, you'll sort of be okay. But when you stop, you're like, okay, I'll just walk for a little bit or whatever. Or like, that, you're toast. Like, to get the body going again is just, is rough. So I think that same applies to a weird challenge like this. I have no idea if this is true. But like, that idea of like, just... Get that first position, lock in, and just hold it as long as you can. And I think a lot of them tried to do that, the ones that were successful. Because then once you're moving around on that pole, that, then I, I think that's when it's lights out. That's, that's my opinion, J.D. Trey, what do yeah, you think? Totally yeah, it's agree. tough to say. There were a lot of tweets going around last night saying that uh, the survivors were lucky that Parvati didn't get back into this challenge. Yeah. Because she was the complete opposite. She moved around all the time. She would go to the side of the pole and like wedge her foot in and hang off to the side like she's yeah. in Mary Poppins and she's a chimney sweep <laughs> having a great time up there. She would have easily won this challenge for the women, I do believe. Just because, I don't know, she's obviously got a tight, strong core from doing yoga and also not super heavy with a strong grip, so... Just like me, she can wedge those tiny feet in there and hang on as long as she needs. How how do they get up there on the pole? I think ladders. I think they probably oh, like they, they bring ladders in and then you climb to yeah. the top of it. Hold on, they remove the ladders and then Probe right. says, "All right, let's go." Right. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. They don't throw them yeah. up there. <laughs> no, I was thinking like maybe it's a forklift. Maybe it's like one of those forklifts. Well, where you, you know, I guess. yeah, you go up because. Because the the most dangerous part surely would be getting your initial grip, you know. Because sure. uh, you you know what is it? Ten, it's more than ten feet. It looks. I'm not sure exactly how. Oh, long I mean, how, Michelle looked like she dropped from like fifteen yeah. feet to me. Yeah, that was like, a bit that scary. Was high. Yeah, she, she was down. She was down for uh, you know for quite a while there too. Yeah, that that was a scary drop. That was at least ten feet, right? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it was higher than ten feet personally, but. Um, yeah, and Adam was like freaking out up there how scared he was. So you're up, yeah, you're up high oh, enough God. that it's a little freaky. Why do you say, oh, God? You're not, not a fan of Adam? I, I'm, no, I'm not a fan of Adam. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to talk about him soon. I've got <laughs> see him in the finals. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Okay, so yeah, so they're playing for two necklaces, two immunities, men and women. Um, Michelle drops first, that scary drop. Adam drops next. Then Sarah Tyson, who, by the way, had won this challenge way back in season 17. And I think, uh, to speak what you were saying there, Trey, Parvati being so strong at it. I guess back in 17, I, I can't remember this challenge all that well, but uh, in Choking Sheens, um, Tyson was, like, moving around. Like, he was, like, going up and down the damn thing. Like, mm-hmm. now he's a lot younger at the time, so whatever. But he drops, Wendell drops, Tony drops, Sophie drops. Uh, down to Denise and Kim for the women. Kim can't get her toe in the groove, and Denise wins. Then Ben drops, and it's down to Jeremy and Nick. And they have a bit of a showdown uh, up on the pole. Uh, Jeremy appears to have a strong left toe. He just jams that thing in. I thought that thing was going to snap off at one point, though. Oh, Oh. Um, that's why. That's why I actually think Skeets, you would be pretty good at the pole holding challenge. You've got that uh, those weird toes you could jam yeah, there as well. I, I actually we, like Tass is joking about your small feet. I have I have weird, oddly like skinny feet, and I think that would sort of work well in this weird thing that you gotta 
jam them in there between the thing. I, and you're right, my, my toes so... My toes just oddly wrap around the pole, naturally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Nick drops and Jeremy Jeremy gets the victory. So it was a pretty good challenge and it was made much more difficult, I would guess, by uh, the weather, the rain and the cold and all that. It was also was- throwing me off how far they were going to fall because, you know, when they when it was coming down to their final showdown, they were both near the top of the pole. But as soon as they started struggling and slipping, all of the shots were like really close shots so we could see just how much effort they were giving. And then when they finally fell, they were like right next to the ground. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Well, that wasn't quite as scary as I thought it was going to be when your arms finally fail and you can't hold on anymore. They just yeah. kind of gingerly got down. <laughs> yeah. So Jeremy wins. Denise wins. Uh, they get a fire token too. Should point that out. So fire tokens obviously are, are still in play here. And there is that menu that you could buy things from. Um we go back to camp, and this is when we get the scrambling to figure out who's everybody going to vote for. Um, so we get Ben, Jeremy, and Tony. They talk about the vote going on Nick or Wendell. And we get this hilarious scene after where Ben points out how Nick just butts in on every conversation. <laughs> and we get the hilarious montage oh, so of good. Nick just appearing in frame <laughs> in like four or five different you know, shots. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of that, Lily? Oh, the sidler. It was like the sidler from Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's obviously so well put together, the editing of that, because I'm sure that happens so often. With everybody, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but they were talking about it, so they just made it a little little piece of the show last night. And there was that time where uh, the two guys were talking. Tony, I think, was one of them and someone else, and they just gave him the real, like, hey, man, how you doing? Like, like, get out of here. We're basically talking about you, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we get that funny Nick montage. Then Nick throws out Adam's name. So we, we can start breaking down Adam here in a second. But then we get Sophie, Adam, and Ben. They're also discussing the idea of Nick or Wendell. So Sophie prefers to get rid of Wendell. And that's when the vote, pref- it, it seems to shift a little bit. But Ben relays that information to Jeremy. And he's not happy because Jeremy is bros with Wendell. He wants to keep him over Nick. And so Jeremy sort of just goes on like this run of like talking to everybody like, hey, maybe... You know why not Nick? And uh, it, you know is trying to at least the edit is trying to make it seem like well maybe everybody's just going to go back to get rid of Nick. So you know we got Jeremy going to Denise and he throws that idea out of voting out Adam suddenly. It like mm-hmm. it's three names: Nick, Wendell, and Adam. And of course we get our weekly scene of Adam super paranoid. <laughs> um, so JD, I don't know if you want to speak to this because he always is good for one of these in episode. Yeah, I mean it, he seemed to be the only one that was actually scrambling uh, before the vote, um, and you know super paranoid, super scared. Um, and I think uh, Trey alluded to it. Uh, we're going to see him in the final. He is the guy you want next to you if you're in the final three because right. he will not win this game, and that is why he did not get voted out last night. Wow. Okay, so Trey, you obviously think this. Well, I picked Adam to win ahead uh, of the season, so yeah, I think he's going far, no doubt about it. But he keeps getting targeted, but nobody is actually going to vote him out because, like J.D. said, he is kind of getting the goat at it right now, the guy you drag along, because he's been in the crosshairs from day one. Um, And despite the fact that you're probably not going to win that way, it can be an okay place to be in just because people are going to keep you around, and who knows what happens when it comes down to the fire-making challenge or whatever they end up doing for the final tribal council. Right. 
So funny, a funny thing happened with me and Adam last night, uh, you know, because I've, I've made it pretty clear I don't like this guy. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and seeing the way it was playing out, I was getting excited. I was like, great, he's going to get voted out. And then when he took a 3-1 lead in the votes over Wendell, I was like, something really weird happened. I was like, actually, I don't want him out because I like hating him. I like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, damn, I can't believe I just, I've been so sucked into this already that I'm like, I want Adam on the show next week so I can hate him and hope he gets voted out again some more. Uh, and I thought, but he's, but he's going to be gone. And then he, a, a stunning recovery, really, um, to come back and, and, and lose or to win, you know, uh, not being voted off. But I was like, I think this means I'm a true Survivor fan now that I'm, I'm like, I'm, I, I, I've got my, because I don't really hate anybody else. And apart from Wendell, I'm not really cheering for anyone else. So he's my one guy that I'm like, I'm focused on. And I was like, I can't afford to lose him. So uh, it was really weird. So I'm sort of actually pulling for him now in a stupid, weird, frustrating way. So why don't you like him? You don't like his, like that he sort of feels Weasley and whiny? Yeah, yeah, he's annoying. He's young. He's just like, he's always complaining. It's like, come on, man. Well, look what you're doing. You should be having the time of your life. So yeah, he's got all those qualities that I really don't like. But you know, love and hate is not really all that different. You know, it's the same sort of emotion. Wow, deep, deep, man. So, um, you know, like, like like I say, I thought Wendell was safe anyway. Um, but now I'm sort of like, well, Wendell's not really out, so I'm still cheering for him. Okay. But I'm sort of cheering, you know, like you guys are saying, I sort of hope Adam does make the final here now because then I'll probably be pulling for him anyway in the final. I'll say, if you've come this far, man, go on and win it all. Well, now, I, now I'm curious. Tash, do you have a, a Survivor, um, you know, member contestant that you really hate? Is it Adam or is there one that you're actually rooting against but in a weird way also pulling for because you like to see them on your TV screen? Uh, I... Don't like Tyson right now because he has the gall to not wear sunscreen. And I don't have that. I wish I did. And right. I know it's not a good trait to not wear sunscreen. Wait, but well, how are you getting this in for that he doesn't wear just because he's getting tan? Oh, he's, he's burned, JD. He's really? tanned. His face is on fire. <laughs> so, yes, I don't have any inside information. You're totally right. But it looks like that thing is ready to dry and peel. <laughs> maybe he doesn't want people looking at him, so maybe that's his advantage. Maybe he oh. wants to be as ugly as possible so people forget about him. Don't look at me. I'm hideous. <laughs> um, JD, I wanted to get your take on the scene between Jeremy and Denise. When, she, when Jeremy went to her and throws out that idea of voting out Adam, and, you know, I thought she played it sort of perfectly because she was like, hey, uh, no sweat off my back. Even though she has an alliance with Adam, she's mm-hmm. like, I'll go with the flow. Like, whatever you think. What uh, did you think about that particular scene? Well, I think Rob Sesternino said it best on his podcast this morning. Denise can read a room. She yeah. knows how to play the game. And she knows that Adam is, uh, is you know, he can rub people the wrong way, obviously. And... Uh, she will vote with, especially uh, right after the merge, as as they say in tribal council, is like an ocean, and you just got to go with the flow, sort of thing. And the I current, think she yeah. even said that. So you know, yeah, I mean, you tell people what they want to hear to stay in the game. I love that she gives us a, a basketball reference too. Did you guys pick it up in this scene, or not long after? She tells Adam, "Trust the process." Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely yeah. cheering for Denise right now. Dropping yeah. Joel and B trust the process for us, or Sixers yeah. trust the process. Uh, okay, so then we get to basically to tribal council and uh, Propes. He brings in the the members of the jury still on edge, and yeah, we start with discussing why why is it just not Tyson? 
<laughs> right. That's what you were talking to, TK. Like, he's back in the game. Why don't we just all bond together and get rid of him? And, you know, Sophie and, and um, Tony make the point of, like, well, we're all, you know, expert players at this game by now. And just because you voted him out once, things have changed. And maybe he's not that important. But I wonder if that, within all of that, that discussion, and Trey, you were saying this, is there some sort of underlying decision being made within the tribe that, hey, no one is going to vote at the end of this game for a returning player from Edge. So he is actually, in fact, Tyson is not a threat by any means because he ain't winning this game. Do you think there's some truth to that? Even though we've seen a guy, Chris, last season, or the last time they did this, he came back and, and did win the game. I think that's absolutely right. I think that they are cognizant of a previous extinction person winning the game and that it likely won't happen again. But all of the the quote-unquote threats are certainly banding together, and probably that's part of the reason Tyson was not on the chopping block as well. They assume that we got to keep somebody else around here because he's going to be a big target, having come from extinction and also just being an old-school player who is well-liked among the game with connections to so many people. They just got to be figuring, we'll get him as soon as we can get him, but it's not super important right now. I guess that's probably what it is. Uh, But I don't know. I guess it could come back to bite you. They didn't get rid of Chris right when he came back, but that was with, you know, five days left in the game rather than another 15 days left. Okay, yeah, here's the better question, and I think I heard Robin and Fishback talk about this. JD, would you be upset if Tyson were to go on to win the game, coming back in the Rick Devon spot earlier than, like, Chris came back late, and if someone else is going to come back late? Like, are you are you more on board with someone winning the game, coming back from edge, if it's, like, in this spot? You know what I mean? Like, much earlier, and you still have so much work to do just around the merge, than a guy coming back or a woman coming back in, like, basically the final episode. 100%. I'm totally fine with Tyson winning this game. Because... Of the spot, yeah. Yeah, because of the spot. And also, I'm not the biggest hater of the Edge of Extinction either. I mean, I like it in this season. I've said it before just because I like having these people still in the sh- on the show and in the game, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that they should have voted him out because I think that they are underestimating how powerful he is because all of those people on Extinction – are now on the jury and mm-hmm. yeah. they if if it ended today or if that was if they were voted on the winner today all of those people on that jury would have voted for Tyson I think just because he represents them them right <laughs> yeah. like he's one of us he's one of the 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 people who got voted off and he's back he's got redemption or whatever you want to call it so I think he automatically has the entire jury rooting for him at this point yeah that's a that's a strong point. Um, how do you how do you get a hidden immunity when Jeff always says that just before he reads out the the votes? Well, we've um, we've had I can't remember if Lee's even seen an episode where somebody's yeah. found a hidden immunity. So right, no, I don't think you have because we started this obviously not at the start of the season. But there are generally these idols placed um, out in the forest, out in the jungle around the camp. Uh, where you can just try and find them. Sometimes you're given clues, sometimes you're not. And so that's generally how they're found. So yeah, you've just never seen it happen, but that's why some of these people have these idols. And that's why he always asks, 
Yeah. If you have a hidden immunity idol and you want to play it, now is the time to do so before yeah. the votes are read. Yeah. But you, you would, you would in, in strategizing with that, you probably wouldn't play that if you didn't, if you felt pretty comfortable that you were going to exactly, survive that right. week. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's always the dilemma of like, yeah. do I hold on to it? Do I hold on to it? Do I hold on to it? Or am I in trouble? Am I being blindsided? That's exactly right. So, right. Uh, Denise calls this one last night a defining vote. Wendell sort of disagrees with that, which is funny because he gets <laughs> voted out. Um, Sophie, again, I thought was amazing at this tribal council. Like, uh, just a couple of cool things she said about really that whole thing of like, you know, there is some skill in this game of, of lying low, really, um, and not having to interject yourself into every conversation and, and, and know what's going on. You got to trust people. Um, and I think Tony's- that's absolutely right. We have seen so far this season, as soon as you start playing the game a little bit louder than anybody, that's exactly when you're going home. And I kind of yeah. think that's what happened with Wendell. He was so excited to finally be on a tribe with Jeremy on the same beach. We had that scene of them like just like poking each other in the ribs. Yeah. They're like, these guys are too close. He's buddying up with the Threats Alliance. He'll be an easy one to get up. He's been under in the crosshairs for weeks. Let's take our shot now. Yeah. And it's so smart of her to say that the it, on the first tribal council with the jury. Yep. It's it, specifically for them to say, hey, I'm playing a quiet game and I'm planting the seed now that the, this is a good way to play the game. Yes, that is a great point, JD. She is really saying that to them. That's exactly right. She ain't saying it to probes. She's not even saying it to us, the viewer or the people still in the game. She's really telling that to the jury who will ultimately decide uh, who is going to win the game. Uh, astute observation from you. But uh, Wendell <laughs> voted out 9-3. Yeah, it appears to be 9-3. We don't see all the votes, but it looks like uh, you know Wendell, Nick, and Michelle are the only ones voting for Adam. So that that little tribe, that's the uh, you know the Sele tribe, the Sele 2.0, um, they're all wrong. They, they vote for Adam, and it's instead Wendell that gets booted. And it, it makes you think, you know... If that guy alliance of Nick, Wendell, and Yule would have just stuck together, like we had talked about on previous episodes, um, would they still be in the game, Wendell and Yule? I think they would be uh, if they sort of hadn't tried to start devouring one another. Uh, and instead, they're both on edge of extinction now. Yeah, and and side note, I kind of didn't get Jeremy's strategy of trying to break up Nick and Wendell, so he could be Wendell's right-hand man. Okay. Why wouldn't he just join the two of them, and then he could just kick one of them later on in the game? Like, there's still 12 people left. Yeah, no. He's always right. been a meat shield guy, though. He loves keeping the threats close. Yeah, and he also wants to be perceived as not driving the boat, which means that he wants to be this the right-hand man, not the guy, so he wants yeah. to use Wendell as a meat shield, but... If I'm the third in line with Nick and Wendell, then Nick is an easy vote down the road, and then maybe you have a stronger alliance going into this vote. But anyways, that was a question that I had that I I just didn't, I didn't quite see the logic there. Yeah, and there is no doubt, at least it appears to me, that nobody thinks Wendell is a meat shield by any means. Like he, him and Nick and Adam, it's those those guys that are out there that are the the low profile guys, right. the males, right? Um, even though Wendell doesn't really appear to be that, like obviously physically fit and um, hasn't got a great edit this season, but of course we know to be charming and stuff like that. So yeah, for, for whatever reason. But Jeremy, I mean, look, Jeremy ultimately sides with the numbers, right? I mean, they all, I mean, it's a pretty big vote, like nine nine votes for on one person um, at a merge is 
doesn't happen all the time, yeah. especially when there's like, what, how many people? 12 people? Um, yeah. Pretty crazy that they all... That's why I call it sort of a mediocre merge, because it just didn't have the fireworks. I mean, they were trying to decide, I get it, between Wendell, Nick, and Adam, but it was like, in the end, it was like, all right, let's just sort of, like Tony said, don't fight against the current right mm-hmm. now. Like, we're going to go to war. And uh, it's really who's... and Because even Jeremy talked about, like, Everybody's just throwing jabs right now. Like, nobody's throwing the haymaker. <laughs> it's just jab, 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 create your distance, get comfortable, and then uh, try and set up for the big one, too, here. Um, so, Wendell throws his tokens, um, bequeaths, excuse me, his tokens to <laughs> Michelle and Nick, and uh, also gets to drop a, a shout-out to Nipsey. He's rocking the Kobe's first off, Wendell is our boy. <laughs> yeah. But then the shout-out to Nipsey, drops the marathon, continues. Gotta love that. Um, he, I read a thing, Wendell's point of view. You know how we've been talking about like that whole thing where Wendell and Michelle playing up their hatred for one another, despite, you know, you know we, that's what we saw on the TV screen, but they were obviously in a relationship. Wendell had a thing, like a, an interview with... Uh, again, I think it was Dalton Ross. And he says, yeah. He says they were playing that up um, from his side of things. Like, we didn't hate each other. We were, like, just trying to distance ourselves and make sure people didn't think we were, you know, tied at the hip. Mm, and there smart. must be some truth with that to that because Michelle is voting here for Adam, right? Right. Yeah, they kept voting together. He gave her... He bequeathed one of his tokens to her. I think uh, I think it's all good. Uh, he just, unfortunately for Wendell, he got the villain out of it, edit out of it between the two of them yeah. because he had uh, the the gall to say stab you in the front. That just sounds bad. They're gonna put that in the episode if you say it, man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, then we get the next time on Survivor. Nick looks pissed that Wendell is voted out, or more importantly, he didn't know about Wendell being voted out, so he's on the outside. Uh, he throws out Sarah's name, and it looks like Sarah finds out about that, and she basically says, Nick, you're dead. So, you know, we're led to believe it's going to be some sort of Nick versus Sarah, but you never know with those little next time on Survivors, because last one we thought it was going to be Ben versus Adam, really, or something mm, like that. Yeah. And I guess Adam's name came up, but it wasn't really much of anything. Um, anything else from this episode? We'll we'll circle back and give out MVPs and who we think is looking good. Um well, we got some tree mail, though. Anything else from this episode, guys? I wonder when they're going to stop with this uh, old school versus new school idea. Is it finally done, this whole conversation? Because mm. it, it's like it's like it's really beaten into the the uh, the narrative of the show over and over and over again. Does it really mean anything or is it just like, oh, hey, is it just is it just a way for the players to do, like mentally have some sort of separation is it just something to talk about really it just seems like it's like nothing or will it be important and is it a part of the edit and that tyson is back and he talked about it last night Tass. like you know someone points out even i think it's adam talking about oh i can't believe all the uh all the og players are out first and tyson's sitting right there like he's back in the game and then but they don't they also address was this last night's episode where they're like we didn't really mean to do it, right? That yeah. comes up at the feast. Yeah, we're yeah like, they talk we, about we didn't it. purposely mean to vote out all the uh, old school players, but it just just worked out that way, broke that way. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is setting up for a Tyson mm. win, Tass. I know you want him to put on more sunscreen, but maybe there's a <laughs> maybe there's a part of it there because he keeps $2 talking about dollars worth of sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he keeps talking about. Um, I don't think the game's passed me. You know, uh, I played three times before these people were even, you know, rocking Survivor diapers. Um, which I'd love <laughs> to see Tyson. someone wear their buff as a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
Maybe Tyson with his $2 million creates a sunscreen that's comprised mainly of peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) Tasty and protective all at the same time. Uh, Crunchy or smooth. Right, right. What do you want on your face? (laughs) Crunchy nuts or smooth nuts? Um, Last question. Is Nick wearing a blazer? In yes. The, in the yes. Yes. So it's it's ironic. Like, is he being funny, or is that, I saw is that tweet, what he brought? Um, it was actually his birthday that day, so he was oh. wearing a blazer to really class it up. And I, wow. saw they were, <laughs> I saw they were joking about him uh, actually having it buttoned with no shirt underneath. Very yeah. cool look. Yeah, that's you know, we've funny. seen uh, Russell Westbrook and Kanye West do it, but I would say. Um, Nick from Survivor is the guy who's really pulled it off the best. <laughs> For sure. And that's why he's my pick to win it all. Oh, God. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break here before Tremel. Uh, Lee, what do you got in store for us? G'day. As a foreigner to this country, the question I get asked often is, what do I miss the most about Australia? The answer, of course, is the three Fs, family, friends, and food. There's not much I can do about the first two other than via Messenger or FaceTime. But as for the third category, food, well, thanks to the Australian Bakery Cafe in Marietta Square right here in Atlanta, I can dine on some of the finest cuisine from my country of birth anytime I want. From authentic meat pies and sausage rolls to delightful and delicious lamingtons and vanilla slices, the Australian Bakery Cafe will answer any culinary inquiries you might have about the land down under. All the tucker is bonza, mate. Skitsy, you can vouch for the quality of the pies. Every year when we get together to watch the Aussie Rules Grand Final, you woof down a couple of them like you're a true blue Aussie bloke, and that's fine by me. I love, you know what I love about that? I, I love that I don't get shamed because I get to put some ketchup on that. Yeah. And that's, yeah. A, that's how you eat those pies while we're watching the fourth <laughs> F, the footy, yeah. That's right. There's no cutting those pies. You just put that pie in your hand and you just scarf it down. It's great. <laughs> but the bakery also stocks traditional Australian, South African and British treats such as Vegemite, Beef Biltong and our producer JD's favourite, PG Tips Tea. Oh yeah, I love me some PG Tips with some Tim Tams. <laughs> oh yeah, Tim Tams out of the fridge is perfect. Right now, due to the coronavirus, the bakery is only open for carry-out or online orders. So as Molly Meldrum would say, do yourself a favour, go to australianbakerycafe.com and place your order today and enjoy a fair income Aussie serve-up from Nev and the crew at the Australian Bakery Cafe. I love it. Supporting the local business. Yeah. How many times have you been so far, Lee? Well, I haven't been. I've been getting the online orders. I got a, well, a nice delivering. shipment yesterday. Yeah. yeah, I got a nice shipment. I got some uh, sausage rolls, some party pies, some lamingtons, some Tim Tams. Wait, they deliver? Woo! They deliver, yeah. It's only, 10, it's only 10 bucks for delivery too. So uh, you can't not afford bad. to not yeah. really put it in a lot. Yeah, it's and great. And throw in a it's tip great. while you're at it. Come on, these people are oh, working. Oh, for sure. And, and you know what? They pack it in these like, um, you know, these these uh, polystyrene packages with the ice inside. So, you know, even if it's been sitting on the UPS truck all day, your pies are frozen as they need to be. You stick them straight in the freezer uh, and everything's, you know, that nothing's coming to you soggy or warm or anything like that. It's all coming fresh. So get on board. How do those lamingtons travel? Oh, they are amazing. I have to say it. They are really amazing. They're really authentic too. It's it's incredible. So I, I've got six in the fridge right now. Uh, they probably won't last until the end of tomorrow because it's one of those things, once you start, it's very hard to stop eating the lamingtons, even though they're a good size. They're just great. <laughs> So no, they're I also fun recommend. to say, lamington, lamington, lamington. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, the lamington and the vanilla, vanilla slice, you know, a few calories in there for sure, but worth every single one of them. Treat yourself. 
And you're a, a man who doesn't eat a lot of beef, but you love those beef pies. They must be very good. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I, it's true that I don't eat a lot of meat, but uh, it, it's a great to have them in the uh, house for the kids right now, you know, because you can always just stick them in the oven 20, 25 minutes and the kids love them. So uh, it's great. And, you know, I'll join in as well because that's what we used to have at birthday parties when we were kids. Party pies and sausage rolls. Uh, so we've got the freezer stacked full of them right now. Uh, so those those you know, pies are so damn good. Are so oh good. my yep. god, I'm just like salivating just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I okay to put it. ketchup on it. Is it okay to put brown sauce, the uh, the HP sauce? Because that's what I usually do. Well, I'm not going to shame you under the circumstances we're in, JD. Like now, look, if we're at the Aussie uh, Rules Grand Final, I would probably, uh, I would probably suggest you don't do that. I don't want you to be uh, frowned upon by my fellow Australians. God but actually, you know what? I don't even think they have the brown sauce there for Grand Final, mm. so you, you'll probably be safe. But uh, yeah, help but, go, go but, for but it. But ketchup is encouraged. Am I? Oh, I'm ketchup is encouraged for sure. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. You've got to have a pie with sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, it's so good, so good. You know. Okay. All right, support uh, your local businesses, guys, no doubt. Um, okay, so we only have one. We're just going to do one question because we're running a little long here today. This question is really for JD, but um, you know everybody can chime in with their opinion. I know you mentioned last episode that a song came on with words and it threw you off. It happened again in episode eight, and I also felt like the sound mixing was so off. The songs were overtaking the conversations, and I couldn't follow what was set at points. Is it my TV slash speakers, or did it happen on your end too? This is from Matt in Phoenix, who also added, P.S., one time my wife and I showed up to Summer League in Cliff Robinson and Scott Pollard jerseys. <laughs> Two Survivor greats. Uh, we even met DJ Pribble Scribble, the, uh, Matt writes, <laughs> him and his uh, now wife. So a uh, nice little P.S. there. That's, that's a, Those are two awesome jerseys to rock at Summer League too. Um, so yeah, we, we once again had the... Uh, you better be ready, like sort of type song. Uh, yeah, that right at the it, climax of the challenge, right? Or right yes. before the ball goes in the hole. Well, well, no, no, yeah. It didn't it not appear right, um, like during the challenge, and then yeah, that sort of came back. Right? Oh, like right, the yeah, yeah. The line. But what did you think, JD? Well, uh, as far as the mix goes, I didn't find it. Bad. I mean, I watched it on my TV last night, and then I watched it again this morning with headphones, and it everything seemed to be sitting where it should be. Okay. That said, uh, I do like the music hot in my mixes in general, especially <laughs> on Survivor. Okay. Um, because I love the music on Survivor. Um, so, speaking of the music, uh, it's always been unapologetically cheesy. Right. And yeah. by the way, there's always been vocals in Survivor music in one form or another, like the, the chanting or the oohs and ahs and a, and a well-placed hookata. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the uh, you better be ready. Yeah. I don't know. That really crosses a line for me. Same. It's like makes what's left of my hair stand on end. It's <laughs> really, really cornball. And I it's wish so that they would just jarring. stop. It's jarring, too, that we've gotten it in back-to-back episodes. Yeah. Like, they're, they're using the same song. Like, now I'm starting to think your theory that... Uh, I forget who, I think it was JD, maybe it was Trey, like that Sia wrote this song. <laughs> that, and yeah, like, it was my theory. <laughs> and like, they got to use it. And I don't know what's going on here, but uh, yeah, it is a little weird. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Please, please just make it stop, Jeff. All right. I so feel like it's his call. It must be his favorite song. He's like, I, guys, I heard this country song. You're going to love it. We're going to use it every episode. 
Oh, you oh. better get a ready. So oh it's not God. a real song, or is it a like? Is <laughs> it a know. song that's been released? I, I don't no, know. Idea. no idea. I don't know. But speaking of music, did you see what was coming up after Survivor last night? Uh, the Garth Brooks. Garth oh, yeah. Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I caught yeah. about two minutes of it. Uh, yeah. You got the best two minutes, JD. They were doing Colin Baton Rouge as soon as Survivor ended. <laughs> Garth and Trisha just taking requests. I heard him. Heard him did. Uh, they did Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. Garth made a joke. He's like, "You guys want me to sing it?" <laughs> Trisha, why don't you take this one? He killed it though. Great to have Garth back. Is he? <laughs> Okay, uh, is he married to Trisha? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Trisha, oh, they're married. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I was like, no how idea. are they doing this together? That's maybe not smart decision right now yeah. with everything going on. That makes more sense. Okay, I didn't know they were married. Um, okay, so before we say goodbye here, uh, we usually end with two questions. Um, and we'll, we'll go around with the first one. Tass, why don't you get us started? Who do you get? Who do you give MVP of this episode to? I'm giving it to Wendell. Wow. Not because what? he was eliminated from the show, uh, but because of a, a prior performance. When he was on our podcast a couple months ago, he put on such a good face. He was so bubbly and so happy that you guys who did the interview and Trey definitely believe that he won the entire thing. <laughs> hey, or that he was at. It could still happen. Oh, I guess he's not going to win it. Come on, but I guess, I guess, I guess you're right. But anyways, he's done incredible media training. I, I guess that's part of the. The script or part of the, the the playbook. Hey, if you go and do media, obviously don't give anything away. But also, you know, be happy. You yeah. know, throw 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 the, your interviewers off. So Wendell, you did a great job. <laughs> well, uh, one thing I'll say about Wendell's interview, going into the challenge uh, of the uh, the returning player, I was I knew right from the moment it started that Tyson was going to make it through based on what Wendell said when we interviewed him. Oh, you we, mean calling him the LeBron James of Survivor? That's now exactly I'm convinced right. Tyson's going to win. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, he did say I'm that. too deep in the subtext right now. Way too deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. But I do like when we were heading into that challenge and we have like the peanut gallery. I forget who says it, but somebody drops a Tyson ain't playing. They're like, oh, well, he is locked in. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, damn. Game six against the Celtics. Yeah. Stone yeah, exactly. face killer out there. I also exactly. liked the the peanut gallery line, uh, Rob's good at everything. Somebody yeah. said, uh, yeah. Rob's, you know, Rob's doing it and Rob's good at everything. And then uh, also Tony saying, well, we can see why Sandra left. There's no way yeah. she was doing this Everybody challenge. Everybody laughs. Everybody's <laughs> just like, ha, ha, ha. Good one, Tony. You're not wrong. Um, all right, Lee, who, who are you giving MVP to, Lee? I'm going with Denise because I thought uh, if she didn't get immunity that, uh, as you guys sort of said earlier, that, that they probably would have tried to get rid of her because I think yep. she's a she's a big big player in this one and I think um, others want to get rid of her because she's she's very good. Um, so and she hung on for that in, in, onto that you know big pylon thing whatever it is uh, and 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 basically that sort of forced their hand to have to vote somebody else. So I, I think that was uh, well played by her to get that immunity and um, you know I think. I think she is going to be in the crosshairs, though, in the next couple of weeks. I, I think uh, people are going to want to get rid of her but because because otherwise I think she's a big threat to go on and win the whole thing. All right. Trey, who you got, MVP? I think my MVP is Tyson. He won his way back onto the game. He had a nice emotional moment talking about his daughters with Jeff there right before the challenge. And then once he was back in, we didn't see any heat on him at all. It seems like he just slid right back into the game. And as he said... 
If you let me get my roots into these cracks, it's going to be a problem. (laughs) And it might be, because when you think back to the last Edge of Extinction, yeah, a guy from Edge of Extinction won. But the funny thing is, is that Rick Devins also came back from Extinction. If Chris hadn't taken him on in the fire-making challenge, Devins was going to win that season, too. Yep. So Tyson is in the Devins spot. Maybe he is the LeBron of Survivor. Yeah. 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 Uh, MVP is Tyson for me, and you listed all the reasons why, so I will not uh, repeat them. That's a, He had a pretty damn good episode. Getting back into the game alone is huge, but then having no heat on you, and uh, and like you said, you even got some of those emotional moments and some maybe uh, slick editing, uh, or at least <laughs> inclusions of talking about, like, hey, I'm the OG, I can still play this game. Um, yeah, it's a damn good episode for him. Yeah, JD? I uh, uh, I actually had a tie of uh, Denise and Tyson, but since you guys already talked about that, I'm going to uh, make my MVP Sophie's hair because Ooh, okay. it sort of distracts me because in certain <laughs> shots it's blonde, but in other shots it looks completely gray. So yeah, it's yeah. and it freaks me out and it's kind of distracting me uh, and I love it. It looks it's cool. So Sophie's hair for me. Sophie's hair, Sophie's choice <laughs> of hair color. Um, excellent. All right, and then uh, Tass again. Who do you think maybe is uh, on the ropes here? Who's your pick to get voted out in episode nine next week? There's too many people left. <laughs> there's twelve. There's a whole dozen. I hope I have the stamina to watch another twelve weeks. Not that I don't like. No, it's show, not twelve weeks. But don't it's worry. a long time. Don't worry. It's like six. What? Weeks, it's like eighteen. Yeah, How are no, they gonna, uh, a well, lot of double a, eliminations? There's 11 no, probably, left now, right? There's uh, 11 left now, and yeah, there'll be oh, one more is coming. I guess there'll be another somebody comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't worry. Well, there's like l- six episodes, I think. Listen, I, I have no idea. Please ask someone else, but <laughs> let me just say before we move on, this is why Sandra stay the queen because she would not win this way. She would not return from the edge of extinction. She was above <laughs> that, and that is above the integrity or she's, she would not win in this way. I'm going to say it every episode. Sandra stays the queen. I don't know why she's a queen, but I stay, I believe she will stay the queen. Man, Tass stands for Sandra so much. I love I didn't her. believe at first. I didn't believe her at first. She, she doesn't fit the, the queen type, I guess. I guess. Uh, but, uh, God, yeah. Uh, Lee, do you, have an, uh, um, do you uh, feel worried about someone next, uh, well, next episode? Uh, just, Is it I, I just think, yeah, yeah, I think they'll be going for her. So okay. uh, unless she can somehow sort of get that immunity again, or or just work the game to survive, but I think there'll be a bit of a coup trying to get rid of her because uh, she's a she's a pretty dangerous player in my view. Yeah, no, you're not wrong, and like she really, if anything, added to her resume last night, right? She picked up yeah. a, a you know um, an individual immunity challenge, like that counts yeah. for something too when you get to the end, uh, though. I'm going to guess next week when they have their next um, individual immunity challenge, it won't be a men and women um, sort of a dual win, but uh, we'll see. Okay. Uh, JD, what about you? Uh, I'm just, I'm going to go with what I've seen and it looks like Nick is on the ropes, but uh, who knows? I mean, who knows? Yeah. You never know. Trey. I think we're going big threat hunting next week. I'm not exactly sure who it's going to be, but that four, that foursome of the guys who all consider themselves meat shields, I think one of those guys is going to go home because that's a kind of traditional uh, merge boot is, the, mm-hmm. is being worried about the guy who's going to win every single immunity challenge. It rarely happens, but wouldn't be surprised to see uh, a big threat go down next week. Gimme Ben. 
Okay, Ben. Um, yeah, I like that thinking. I'm actually on board with that too. Um, that we sort of someone throws the first punch, probably. Um, be it the sleepers getting together and getting at one of these uh, lions, as they keep calling them. Um, so give me, uh, wow, give me Tony. That uh, seems strange, but uh, I'll just randomly say Tony maybe is in trouble um, being a big dog, a big target. But you tell us. Get your questions in for next week's No Buffs episode. Email nodunksattheathletic.com. Make sure you throw Survivor in the subject header. Helps us out. We're going to have a silly new podcast for you tomorrow. JD, all you need to know is to get the pun gun ready. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, so shine it up real nice. Maybe take it apart, clean it put it back together and uh have a feeling that thing might be fired on tomorrow's uh silly podcast that will drop we also have decided on our next movie for monday's film session we are going from uncut gems to air bud <laughs> we're gonna watch uh, i believe it's 1997's air bud um yeah, I mean, look, we gotta. We've had two uncut gems we all liked. We gotta get one that we maybe dislike. Maybe we won't. I've never watched Air Bud. Me neither. Has, any, has anybody? Not all the way through. Okay, okay. So we're gonna see a dog play basketball and we're gonna talk about it on Monday's episode of Film Session. Until then, until you hear from us tomorrow on Friday with that silly podcast we have in store, The Tribe is Spoken. Mm-hmm.